Hey, welcome everybody to the Gateway Leadership Podcast. David Candace Tracy here. And I'm really excited about this edition of the podcast. I've got some great friends with me, John and Jolene Hamill, Lamplighter Ministries in Washington, D.C., and other places as the, as the Holy Spirit <laughs> guides them. Welcome to the Gateway Leadership Podcast, John and Jolene. Thank you for coming in. So great to be with you. We're so excited for what the Lord is doing with you guys, and it's an honor to join in. Well, you're you're special to me. You know, we, we actually met in Washington, D.C. I think, I don't know if I had met you before, maybe at Apostle Benefield's or, or if it was Washington the very first time I met you, but you helped us with an assignment to pray over the nation's capital. Well, I mean, a small assignment, a part-time assignment. I've gone three times on a prayer assignment to Washington, D.C., which I thought was crazy in some ways until I met you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Because you live in Washington, D.C., and you pray all the time. So tell me about Lamplighter Ministries. What's, what, what's God got you doing? Well, I think the dream of God's heart for this nation, you know, we were founded in covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's the dream our forefathers had was yeah. to establish a nation empowering freedom, and they knew that that freedom could only be perpetuated, especially generationally, through Christ. Mm. And uh, we want to see the fire of that freedom established uh, again, burning bright again today. Wow. So that is a, a major focus of, of our ministry. So it's prayer. It's prophetic declarations. It's you guys use every tool in the book to uh, see God's kingdom come, to see God's will be done. It's a, it's a, it's a wrestling match. And John, you also, you both wrote a book together, right? Mm-hmm. Uh White House Watchmen. Wow. Tell us about that book. White House Watchmen basically provides an up-close experience for the believer uh, behind the scenes of what transpired um, over the previous, I would say, four years, but way beyond that, eight to Mm -hmm. ten years. Mm -hmm. Um, God has been progressively um, gaining breakthrough influence in Washington, D.C. What we're seeing right now uh, maybe appear to be a little bit of a a deviant expression of the path that the Lord wants, Mm -hmm. but I believe the Lord's even using this time to to bring us together, unify us, and also awaken believers to the true reality of what we're facing. What a weird concept. You mean the will of God is not being done in Washington, D.C., 24-7, all the time? (laughs) Wow, that's... (laughs) I know that's hard to believe, David. I, I yeah. can't, I'm, I'm choked up here. I, I really, <laughs> no, we joke about it because, you know, it's such a tumultuous time, such a, uh, you know, for many people, uh, a scary time, an uncertain time. But I'm so glad that there are people like you praying into this. And actually, you're not alone. There, There's an army. It's like in the days of Elijah, you know, he was saying... God, I'm alone. I mean, I'm, I'm ready to quit. And the Lord said, oh, no, no, I've got 7,000 that haven't bowed their knee. And, That's right. You know, that are standing. This re- there really is an army out there. And, and you've, you've seen the army, right? You've been around them. Absolutely. And, and David, you, you just uh, hit on the primary uh, focus that is needed for turnaround to be released in Washington, D.C., or even in your sphere or any other sphere, 
we need to see thrones for Jesus wow. established wow. with people who have not bowed their knee to Baal. Right. And, you know, Satan, when he um, was tempting Jesus, he, he said, bow your knee to me and all of this can be yours. Mm-hmm. I, he said he claimed the authority over the nations and kingdoms of the earth. And, of course, Jesus came to take that authority back. Mm-hmm. So if he had bowed the knee, it would have appeared to be an easy way. Oh, sure. He could have avoided the cross. He could have... He could have avoided the cross, but yeah. in reality, um, the cross is what brought our redemption right. and secured his uh, legitimacy before the throne to redeem mankind and to transform the kingdoms. That, that's what uh, was required for him to possess his inheritance, and the nations are his inheritance. He gave his life for us in exchange for us to redeem us. And, and that's what's so key about what God's been doing in Washington, D.C., is there's a diehard group of believers, uh, 7,000 maybe more, who haven't bowed their knee to Baal, who are active like Daniel and Esther in their spheres of authority and who are not just educated but deeply engaged in the spiritual war as well as the culture war to regain the dream of God's heart for this now, nation. This is something you never hear. This is a well, sometimes you hear it that there's prayer meetings or there's faithful huddles of believers where but are you telling me that in our nation's capital right now there are large numbers of believers that are uh, that are praying and joining you and are you meeting these people? Are you knowing them? Oh, absolutely. Yes, and and it's it's wow. that's been one of the most surprising things coming to Washington D.C. I was going to ask you. We were we thought we were coming in kind of in you know as well. We're going to teach these folks something. No, we're just coming alongside folks who are really uh, engaged already, and and we're not just talking, you know, clerks. We're talking senators, congressional leaders. Uh, we're talking advisors to the president. Yeah, who are actively engaged and aware of the spiritual forces that are trying to gain influence and are actively manifesting their authority to see the kingdom advanced and the enemy restrained. So there's a supernatural conversation and a supernatural movement, both supernaturally dark and supernaturally glorious in our nation's capital right now. I tasted a little bit of it. I know you're on the front lines there, but I mean, we we had some moments in Washington, D.C. Just uh, this is September of 2020 when we were there praying together and you helped lead us. And I mean, that was amazing. We we had some moments that were undeniably kingdom breakthrough, God ordained moments, signs that we saw, uh, stories that you related to. Remember the story on the on the steps of the Supreme Court, that moment when you got that call from the leader of the Justice House of Prayer, right? Right there in Matt Lockett. In DC. Yeah. yeah. And that whole thing, John, Jolene, little did any of us know that yours truly would be in the Supreme Court how many months later? It was February, five months later. So we're on the steps of the Supreme Court actually praying, doing prophetic stuff. And little did I know that five months later we'd be in the Supreme Court 
you know, winning a victory. So there's, there's amazing things. I would love to hear some stories from you about that would encourage our listeners about, because it, it is a very discouraging time right now. As you look at the headlines and you read what's going on and you're aware of what the enemy is trying to do, we need some good news, some, some inspiration that, you know, God is working. But also, I was struck by this, that as we met different people in D.C. Uh, that you know and, and the, the warfare that they've experienced just standing for Christ in that, in that city. That it, so there's some light and there's some darkness. What, what, uh, what do you wish people knew about our nation's capital? Um, talk to us about you know, what you've seen, what you've experienced in Washington, D.C., and can we be encouraged at this time? Well, I think there's cause for great encouragement. I, I think the events of the past few months post-election um, have actually been um, ordained by God to wow. help um, bring exposure, a redemptive exposure, to what Democrats and Republicans both have been engaged in behind the scenes mm. to secure their seats illegitimately. Mm. Wow. There's a redemptive exposure that God's bringing across every platform of government. And of course, we were established by our founders not as a dictatorship, not as an expression of tyranny. Our founders fled the... Um, the dictatorial expressions right. of governance in search of freedom and the ability to worship the Lord in freedom. And so governance by the consent of the governed is an absolutely core expression mm. of both the Declaration of Independence, the U.S. Constitution, which provides the framework for our government, establishes the, uh, the boundaries of each office, the balance of power. Mm -hmm. And when that's violated... As our founders warned, we trend towards dict dictatorship right. and, and power. Tyranny. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing right now is that there has been a private elite class across the spectrum, Democrat and Republican, who have claimed these seats apart from the will of the people. Illegitimately. Illegitimate expressions of leadership. My friend Chris Mitchell uh, really has focused on Psalm chapter 2. Hmm. where the kings set themselves against the Lord's anointed. Right. And, and really, when you go into the Hebraic understanding of that, they set themselves up in power. Wow. At, at the expense of the people, not in alignment with the will of the people. We're seeing that in our government right now. And that's where the battle cry needs to reemerge. We will have no sovereign but God and no yes. king but Jesus. Yes. What I hear, John is if I'm a leader or I'm a believer and I'm saying, man, I, I love my country, but I'm concerned. I'm, I'm not liking what I'm seeing. What, what you're saying is so much of what needs to be done is spiritual. Is that right? I mean, we need to, we need to enthrone Jesus, first of all, in our lives. Um, what else? Talk to us about Talk to us about what can be done. What what what's the what's the battle plan? What do you think the Lord is calling for at this hour? Is it repentance? Is it revival? What what are we asking God to do? I feel like a lot of people have said we prayed harder, longer than we prayed ever before right. during this election and right. and and the whole process of what's happened. 
but our heart's been, um, is it effective prayer? Mm. A lot of prayer does not mean it's effective prayer. So part of what we try and do is teach intercessors, teach, teach people exactly how to effectively pray through what they see. First, to identify like there's a chapter in our book called The Conflict of Queens, mm-hmm. and it basically is God showed me very clearly that it takes a queenly anointing, especially on women, to come against Jezebel, to come wow. against Athaliah, wow. Wow. that there is there is an anointing and a, there's a conflict, there's a battle. We have to know what steps to do to learn to take her down. And over and over and over again, it's through the Bible. Exactly what Jezebel does, she declares herself as queen. She continues exactly what we were just talking about. Seizing power. She says, I am queen and you will not take me down. We need to learn the kind of prayers to say no. We as the Esters, we as the women in um, the body of Christ, we are really the Lord's queen, and we have so much more authority, but people don't understand how to use that authority. We've been doing a lot of talking about exactly what you're saying, Jolene. I believe God wants to empower women like never before. Uh, We've done a couple of broadcasts that way this year, podcasts on that very subject of, of how, you know, there's a unique anointing on women and God is doing something right now. And what you're saying really, really rings true with, with women. We just want to say to women, Hey, it's your time right now. Yes. It's your time and you're needed. We, we need you in the place of prayer and we need you in the place of authority and, uh, we need you strong. This is not a time for, uh, timidity in any of us. We got to be, we got to be bold, uh, because a nation is is at stake here. In that chapter, Julene, you wrote about um, wrote a, a, an extraordinary comparison between Esther and Jezebel, and how they were in similar circumstances. Esther arose to the occasion mm. as a queen, and brought redemption, where Jezebel seized power and used her authority to usurp Mm -hmm. the will of the people and usurp the inheritance of the people. Uh, You look at uh, um, how Jezebel basically used the media of the day, the fake news Mm -hmm. of the day. She Mm -hmm. created fake news. Wow. She was, uh, she and Ahab had formed a transnational coalition through their marriage, basically, the expression of the day of what we would say is global governance right now. Mm -hmm. And she and Ahab wanted to grab a vineyard that belonged to a man named Naboth. And it's interesting because Naboth's name literally means prophetic words. Wow. His vineyard is literally interpreted as the vineyard of prophetic destiny. Mm. And that's what Jezebel always targets, the vineyards of our prophetic destiny. Mm the harvest of our prophetic destiny, where it's no longer just in an ephemeral um, place, but it's being manifested and the harvest is being enjoyed by multitudes. That's where Jezebel seeks to overthrow and usurp. And she used fake news in her day to do it. She literally wrote accusations against Naboth 
that were completely unfounded. Right, a twisted story. Yep. Sent them to all of the key leaders to get their agreement that Naboth should be put to death. So in the court of public opinion, she used fake news, not truth, fake wow. news, wow. to um, to discredit him. Mm-hmm. And then she hired sons of Belial. Mm-hmm. In other words, sons right. of Baal, people That's who right. bow their knee to Baal. That's right to go into the court and bear witness against false witness, yep. false witness in the court of law and false witness in the court of public opinion. Don't go anywhere. The Gateway Leadership Podcast is coming right back. All right, it is that time, that glorious time in each episode <laughs> where I take questions from our listeners and ask them to you. Are these hostile questions? Or? No, these are great questions. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We've never gotten a hostile question. <laughs> I've had a few. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for the podcast. Oh, I've I gotten, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, I guess as a church, we've gotten some, some of those. But no, you know, every month uh, we ask people to send in questions that that they're curious about. Sometimes those are leadership questions. Sometimes those are personal questions, relationship, Bible questions, whatever. So if you're listening and you, and you have a question, send it into us. We would love, we would love to get them from you. Uh, so two questions today. The first question is, uh, for you, this is a personal question. What's something that God is speaking to you personally about? Just something that God's been speaking to you about personally. Well, I recently have been thinking so much about how God makes up his mind to bless us. And when God makes up his mind to bless us, it's a done deal. And I'm not saying I take anything for granted that God is doing for me, but I can't get an answer to the question, why is God blessing? Why? Except that he's good and that he's made up his mind to bless Gateway and bless the Canastraces. And so that, that's kind of been a, a, a real thing for me. And, and I'm also on a personal quest to have a more intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit and learning to slow down and just connect with God. I'm strong in intercession, always have been, just like I love to pray for people. Yeah. But the relationship side, if that makes sense, just just relating to the Holy Spirit, not trying to use the Holy Spirit yeah. or get the Holy Spirit to do something, but just to know Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit, those are two things that have been coming alive to me. Yeah, what are you doing um, to get closer to the Holy Spirit? I think quiet is the big challenge, and I can't say that I'm winning the battle there, but I'm I'm trying to be more... Less reactive and more open-eared, open, okay. open-minded. Because you can live your whole life just reacting to everything that's going on around you, but you're not really, you're not really experiencing eternal life if you're reacting to stuff. Yeah. What I want to do is go deeper and be a little more tuned in, a little more dialed in. That's that's a quest I'm on. That's probably something a lot of people are are uh, struggling with just quiet time. Mm-hmm. You know, I know for me, 
it's so easy in a in a quiet moment to just pick up my phone. Just it's like muscle memory almost. I'm not mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. thinking about my phone, but yeah. pick up your phone, look at it, and start scrolling something. Um, yeah. So quiet time where you're just letting the Holy Spirit say what He wants to say to you, or you're just you're not looking to hear anything. You're just being. I'm with trying it. to bring it through the whole day. Okay. If that makes sense, because I can compartmentalize. And get the Holy Spirit. Okay, now I've done my hour or my 10 minutes or whatever it is with the Holy Spirit. And then I move on. And I'm trying to be more conscious of the Holy Spirit through the day. That's really good. That's really good. Okay, next question. This is this is more of like a teaching moment question, I think. Um, and this is a great one. This is something that I've, that I've wondered as well throughout the years. This listener asks... Why do we use multiple translations at Gateway, multiple translations of the Bible? And I've seen it at other churches as well. Your thoughts on the Amplified, the Message, the NIV, that's a good, I bet you that would help a lot of people. That's a great question. Um, Yeah, I do, as a part of my study, look at, I, I, I just did it this morning. I just did it this morning, Romans chapter 4, verse 18. It says, Abraham hoped against hope. And I thought, what does that mean? (laughs) He hoped against hope. So I looked at about 30 translations of Romans 4.18, and I found one that made so much sense, and that was like the lights went on, that Abraham had no reason to hope that he would be a father because of his age. He had no natural reason to believe that God would fulfill his promise to have a child. Hmm. But he still hoped. Yeah. Because he believed the promise of God. So what I'm saying is, you know, we want to understand what God is saying. And me as a communicator, I want to make what God is saying so real and so accessible and so easy to understand. So the multiple translations thing, I think just helps us to find the very best light on a verse and share it in the hopes that that is going to connect with the listener. Yeah. If I stand up and say, Abraham hoped against hope, I might not land the point, but if I can say, I think it was uh, one of the other more modern versions said Abraham had no reason to hope, but he hoped in God anyway. Hmm. And that just does it for me. So, you know, I love the translation thing. And to me, it's a part of doing my spade work and my preparation to prepare my heart and to communicate what is the living word of God, the most important message ever. What would you say to, because I know that I've even heard, you know, different Bible teachers over the years joke about, you know, using different translations. And, Use the translation that agrees with my doctrine the best. Right? Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, some people would say like, you know, there are certain translations that it's not good to use other translations because that's not like the proper, that's not like the most accurate translation from the original language. Um, you know, if you know, if you know that the version that you're using is a paraphrase when you use it, of course, you know that that is a paraphrase. It's okay. not a exact translation word for word. It's more of a thought by thought translation. It's, there's 
in Bible translation something called dynamic equivalency. Okay. But here's the thing. Whether it's an exact translation word by word or a paraphrase, and that's what some people would say, you know, don't, don't go overboard on paraphrases. As long as you're rooted in the translations and as long as you're catching what God was saying in context in that moment and you're amplifying, all language is fluid. Yeah. So whether it's the exact precise language or similar language, you still need the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to make sense out of it and for it to change your life. So yeah. I'm completely comfortable with paraphrases. There is a place for studying paraphrases, but it is not a replacement for the original translation. Yeah, and something that I like about your part of your style of teaching and preaching is I feel like you have a really great balance of, of diving in and drilling down deep into, into words and then also giving the heart, you know, what's God's heart here? What does he want for his people? I appreciate hearing that. And I love the Bible. And, uh, you know, we have, to, we have to handle it well, whether you're using the King James Version or the Passion Translation or something yeah. in between. You still need the Holy Spirit's light and illumination. The same spirit that inspired those words to be written must illuminate those words and those truths so that you grasp the clear message of God. Yeah, maybe some people that that are finicky about that, maybe they have like a fear of of getting things wrong or 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 like a or like a control thing. I'm not I'm not sure what that is. I hear that sometimes and I go, you know, you, you kind of have to you kind of have to get to know God's heart, right? <laughs> like so that so that you can read something you could know what he's saying at the end of the day whatever it is it's just words and you still need the holy spirit to illuminate it and that's yeah. why if the only hope you have is where the comma is or <laughs> or where the jot and tittle is right yeah. according to jesus that won't be enough you'll need the holy spirit to speak through that verse his living word to you and that's why to me, whether it's paraphrase or the old King James or in the original Greek, even if you read it out of the original Greek, you're still going to have to try to figure out what was he saying. Yeah. And you're going to need the Holy Spirit to illuminate that. Yeah. So uh, I don't think the use of a, of a paraphrase untethers you from the Word of God as long as you understand this is a paraphrase. It's not a word-by-word -word translation. It's a thought-by-thought -thought dynamic equivalency. That's so great. That's so great. Yeah, that kind of makes me think of of like when you're texting back and forth with someone, like you can't read tone in a text or an email from someone. Exactly. You have to know them. Right. In order cuz you can read it and you can read word for word you what they're saying. You can make it say anything you want right. it to say. Yeah. Whatever you're doing. Yeah. Right on. Okay, very cool. I'm thinking back to my Jezebel teachings, and it was passion. It was Jehu's passion uh, that brought her down. I mean, he he was uh, Jehu was a lot of things. He wasn't he wasn't perfect by any by any means, but he was he was anointed, and there was a there was a passion on him, 
and he took care of business and things things really changed um in Israel and I I believe God wants to release a fresh passion. I believe a lot of us have become discouraged or dumbfounded and we need to recover a passion in prayer and a lot of people back off from, you know, praying for our nation or praying for uh, righteousness or praying through the issues. But I tell you, that's exactly what the enemy, he doesn't want us to pray about the issues that are really troubling Israel today, really troubling our land today. He wants us to, he wants us to go into that place that Elijah ended up going, depressed, discouraged, retreating, hiding in a cave. But man, it's time to come out of the cave and, and come out swinging. Well, well, let's look at recovering the passion of Jehu, but let's look at also, David, recovering the passion of Naboth. Hmm. Because when Naboth was confronted with, give us your land. He said, nope. Give us your nation, hmm. if you will. He said, God forbid that I should give Ahab and Jezebel the inheritance, my inheritance. of That's right. our forefathers. That's right. The inheritance of my forefathers. <clears throat> this is for my children, he said. This, this is, is, I'm keeping this. This has got to go to the next generation. Wow. And we've got to realize that we have an inheritance in our nation that is secured by covenant with the Lord Jesus Christ. And unless we rise up now to take our inheritance, it's going to be taken by the forces of Jezebel. It may have looked like Naboth lost, but Naboth's death at the hands of Jezebel set in motion Absolutely. a verdict from heaven. Right. Elijah came, delivered the verdict to right. Ahab right in that vineyard. Right there. And it set in motion the deliverance of the nation of Israel from this deep state expression of Ahab and Jezebel. It set the whole movement in And in that's motion. why I think it's in the Bible. It's not really that big of a story. Right. Yeah. It, you know, I mean, it's not, neither was it when Rosa Parks refused to give up her seat. Right on. Right? But it was one of those moments that turned everybody, both the Rosa Parks story and the Naboth's Vineyard story, to, and everybody said, wait a minute, this has gone too far. Right. And maybe that's where we're at. Maybe we're finally at a place where we're saying, you know what, they've, they've gone too far now. That's a question I have for you here in California as yeah. we've come and we've ministered in Sacramento and, and are with you tonight. What are you seeing? What is it that you're seeing in California? Do the people of California, are they finally rising up with the realization this thing's gone way too far? I think believers in California are, are closer to being in that place in a fighting mood than I've ever seen them. You know, John, we've, we've done some stuff in California. I mean, we did some, we did, we stood for marriage, uh, two times. We passed a law in the state of California to defend traditional marriage. And then it was at the court level. See, this is where, you know, voting is one thing, but it's, it was at the court level that that was undone. Right. So California has been at this place before to mobilize, to, you know, to be passionate for, uh, for things, but I'm, I'm fearful that there's a core of believers that might give up and might quit and say, you know what, this is the, the horse is out of the barn. 
Uh, it's gone too far. I've even got friends that have moved out of California, Christians that have left California and just said, for various reasons, but some of them just kind of giving up, shaking their head and saying, man, we got to get out of here because, well, I'm not getting out of here. <laughs> right on. I'm planting churches and preaching the gospel and, you know, we're contending and praying and and uh, you're a part of our you're a part of our <laughs> our prayer effort as we record this. We're ready to go into a prayer meeting, but uh, no, I I think it's I can't say that there's a pure overwhelming hundred uh, percent on anything, but I'll tell you the people that pray in California, I think they really are at that point of desperation because we've seen some things the last year or so, especially in California, we've seen some things with the the way the coronavirus was handled and a lot of things, you know, have, have alerted us to say, wait a minute, they're going too far. They're using the situations, the, the, the crises at hand as a means to marginalize the body. Never of waste a good crisis. Isn't yeah, that what they say? Exactly. Right. That's yeah. what forces of darkness say. And, and the people that are in alignment with them. I think you asked about white house watchmen. One of the primary, um, gifts we wanted to release to the body of Christ through the book White House Watchmen is the understanding that there are biblical principles of prayer that actually can overthrow the systems that are trying to usurp the covenant of God. And we give clear teaching beautiful, on how to do just that, how to position yourself and how to pray in a way that brings the turnaround, that catalyzes a turnaround biblically. And it all begins with restoration of covenant with Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. divorced from our historic idolatry. Right. Covenant of God. 2 Kings 17, 38-39 says this, The covenant I have made with you, you shall not forget, nor shall you fear other gods, mm -hmm. principalities, powers, mm -hmm. or people in alignment with them, pharaohs. But the Lord your God you shall fear, and he shall deliver you from the hand of every adversary. Wow. God has this. As we align covenantally with him, we can see the dream of his heart released. We can mm -hmm. see the turnaround expressed, I believe, in Daniel 7.22, judgment in favor of the saints, restraining the enemy, and releasing the saints to possess the kingdom that's so good and it's been a surprising thing even as we've gone around administered even with what you're saying about people and their discouragement god has really had us come in and begin he's been having us teach on the soul versus the spirit mm. and how much people's souls have gotten wounded how much yeah. disappointment has come right. to their soul right right and he's really had us minister to the body in this season about um getting your soul healed awesome and making sure your soul is not speaking louder than the spirit wants to speak Boy, that's and we've good. really ministered to people this entire time on that so that their spirit can begin to rise up and war in the way it needs to war in this season. That's a now word, because I think I think there's so much potential in our prayers. There's so much potential in the body of Christ. But of course, if we if we are discouraged, you know, none of that potential is released because we don't bring it to the we don't bring it to the game. We don't bring it to the field and we just let the enemy run the table, right? So we've got to be encouraged in our in our soul. We've got to find that passion. We've got to find that fight and that place, whether it's a man or a woman. We all have our reasons for saying, well, 
maybe another time. But there's there's never been a time like this time. We've got, we have got to get on our knees. We gotta bow before the Lord and never bow before the enemy. And we've got we gotta fight. We gotta fight for this vineyard, John, Jolene. This is for our children. This is this is this heritage that we have. I don't let people say, well, no, America's not a Christian nation. Well, if you if you go to Washington, where you live, you're going to see a lot of Hebrew scriptures written all over the place. Absolutely. You're going to see a lot of a lot of paintings and statues of prayer meetings and ordinations and baptisms, and uh, it's a pretty Christian foundation that we're on. I mean, there's right. it's clear, and and what do we want to do? Surrender? What do we want to do? Say no, uh, devil, just come on and take it. We can't. We got to fight. The people that are speaking the loudest into the corporate body of Christ and into our nation right now, giving clear warnings about the attempt of the takeover of the United States of America to turn it into a tyrannical expression, Mm -hmm. are actually coming from Cubans, Cuban Americans. Cuba Libre. Who have lived through, or their fathers and mothers and grandparents have lived through the communist expression and recognized the rhetoric. And the loss of freedom that they suffered. The loss of freedom that suffered. They know how precious it is. The indoctrination. Wow. Several venues that are being interjected, several several agendas being interjected into Mm. the American experience right now actually have clear roots in Marxism and communism. Yep. And they're picking up on the language. They're, they're, it doesn't, they're, a lot of them are Democrats. It's not Democrats or Republican. This is not right versus left. It's right versus wrong. Right. They're recognizing the um, influence of communism in the rhetoric that's being forced upon us. Right. And it's saying, deception. It's darkness. It's, yeah. yeah. No, it's, and it's not just in one party. I mean, there's there's darkness, and we've we've got to battle that, man. And the Cubans, boy, I've got some friends that are Cubans. They understand what a loss of freedom is. And and it can happen to America if we don't rise up now, if we don't take our stand now, and give our all now. What our forefathers entrusted to us is going to be lost, and we'll have a memory, and the nations of the earth will have a memory of the greatness mm-hmm. of America under God empowering freedom because it won't be there anymore. I thank God for you, John and Jolene. The book is White House Watchmen. The ministry is Lamplighters, Washington, D.C. Now, if somebody wanted to, if somebody wanted to really pray effectively into the nation— Starting with your book would be a great. You're, you're telling me there's tools in your book for how to pray and how to how to come together. That's a big deal. And then, how do people get in touch with your ministry? How how can they how can they learn more about Lamplighters and uh, John and Jolene Hamill? Well, the easiest way is just to go to our website, uh, lamplighterministries.net, or johnandjolene.us goes to the same website. J O L E N E. Right, and John is spelled J O N. J O N. So yep. just so they know, and uh, you just get on our website. You can sign up for our um, postings. We give regular postings with prophetic insight Excellent. and clear prayer points two or three times a week, most of the time, from Washington D.C. We've seen words that have been given that the body of Christ is mobilized in prayer for. They've been literally birthed into existence, and we've seen 
Washington, D.C., and to an extent our nation turn as a result. So we'd really be grateful. Come join us, and let's do this together. I highly, highly recommend uh, John and Jolene Hamill and their book, White House Watchmen. Thank you for being amazing friends. Thank you for what you're doing for the Lord. And just before we close the podcast, I would love it if you guys could pray for our audience. You know, uh, people may be listening to this fresh off the press, or they may catch it a, a week later or a month later or maybe a year later. But I know you guys move in the Holy Spirit, and uh, we touched on a couple of things. We touched on passion. We touched on discouragement. We touched on the need for women to arise. We touched on the battle that's in our nation and how we need to be strong in this hour. Would you just let the Lord use you in prayer and uh, pray for our audience? So, Father, I just thank you for those who are discouraged. You are going to meet them in this hour. I thank you, Lord, that there is a special anointing, it seems, in the earth right now, a special anointing on ministries to begin to meet the uh, deepest desires. You gave me out of Psalm 6 mm. that the Lord has heard the voice of my weeping. And Father, you showed me that there are many people whose, whose hearts are so grieved and so disappointed that the words can't even come out anymore. They don't even know what to say anymore. Some are at a loss for words. But there is a voice in the weeping of our souls. So Father, I just thank you that you say that you're hearing the voice of our supplication the voice of our soul, our weeping has yes, a voice. thank you, Lord. And Father, you're coming to meet that. So Lord, I just thank you for the ministering angels that you, you are Lord. sending even out today to those who are discouraged, to those who are disappointed, to those who do not know what the future holds for them. Father, turn it around. Amen. The rest of that yes, scripture Lord. says... All my enemies will now be greatly ashamed and greatly troubled. Mm. Let them turn back and yes. be ashamed yes. instead of us. So, Father, I declare a turning back of the enemies that have come against your people. Yes, Lord. I declare a turning back, Lord. This is the time and the turnaround. Free your people. Set them free yes, in Lord. their destiny yes, and their inheritance in Jesus' name. And David, I'm reminded of uh, when King David, before, just before he was king, was faced with such a horrific experience where his home was burned, his city yeah. was burned, his uh, family was taken hostage, and David inquired of the Lord mm. and encouraged himself in mm. the Lord. We ask that you grant to everybody yes, speaking Lord. the capacity to be encouraged by you, that your spirit would hover over them and shine forth uh, your light into their hearts and help them to encourage themselves in you and remind you, remind themselves of all of the promises that have come to fruition in their lives and the greatness of your redemption. Restore hope, Lord, by your Holy Spirit in Jesus' name and restore vision to pursue, overtake, and recover all. Lord, you have granted yes, a verdict of justice in favor of the saints of the United States of America. 
And Lord, we remind you of this verdict of justice, this judgment in favor of the saints, this Daniel 7.22 judgment. We ask, Father God, uh, that where your people have been marginalized, yes, disenfranchised, Lord where their values, our values, have been mocked in the open square, and privately there are, there are people and forces behind the people with a mm. supernatural hatred that want to stop the empowerment of freedom that Christ alone can give, whether it is a person or whether it is a nation, because blessed is the nation whose God is the yeah. Lord. We ask, Father God, for a mighty army to rise up at yes, this Lord. time, yes, Lord, to pursue, overtake, and recover oh, the covenantal yes, inheritance Lord. that is theirs for the taking right now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, you've been listening to my friends, John and Jolene Hamill. Thank you guys for joining us and uh, continue to speak life and listen to you, my listeners. Uh, I want you to know that what you're doing is very important whether you're leading your family, whether you're ministering in a church, whether you're praying in your secret place, don't be weary in your well-doing. It's, it's possible to get tired when you're doing good things, but don't. And it's okay to think about quitting. Just don't ever do it. Be strong. Be very strong because what you're doing makes a big difference. You are inspiring transformed lives. Keep it up. And I'll see you next time on the Gateway Leadership Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Gateway Leadership Podcast with David Canastracy, inspiring you to lead in every area of life. We'll be releasing a new episode every month, so be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Gateway City Church is one church that meets in multiple cities. To find us or to learn more, visit mygatewaycity.church. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you right here next month.